Welcome to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, where we celebrate the craft of poetry. Each week, we feature interviews with incredible poets and artists, including Olivia Gatwood and A.E. Stallings, and original poetry read by the authors. I'm your host, James Moorhead, poet laureate of Dublin, California, and author of Canvas and Portraits of Red and Gray. On this week's episode of the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, we feature finalists and honorable mention poets from the recent City of Dublin Splatter Festival Poets Take the Mic Celebration of Poetry in the San Francisco Bay Area. This episode features performances from 11 wonderful poets. Our first poet is Kara Sennett. Kara has degrees from both Hofstra University and Columbia University Teachers College. Her poetry has been featured in Into the Void, Words and Whispers, Light Journal, and Tramp Set Mag, among others. Kara is excited and humbled to share her work with the world. She can be found on Instagram at CSPoet. Words. Let me start by saying I never stop talking. I've always had a way with words in that I don't shut up. They're always flowing from the tip of my tongue or the tips of my fingers or rumbling somewhere in my mind, making sleep unheard of. I'm sure you're sick of my voice, but I have this feeling like I need you to know where I was born and the books I loved when I was 12 and every thought that has ever drifted across my stupid little head. I want to know you because you fill me with so many words. Today, you are not here. And I sat down to write you down, and I didn't have any words other than come back. Autumn. My grandfather used to smell like gravy, and I guess that's the first memory I have of fall. He would let me watch him as he boiled the turkey heart into broth, something no child should have to see. But there I was, sneaking my finger smack in the middle of the mashed potato pot. I knew how to find the melted butter. My parents wine drunk in the kitchen, squirting each other with a baster. The house was so warm. This year on the first day of fall, I was in the desert. Steph told scary stories in the sauna to try to set the mood. It was 106 degrees. It may come as a surprise, but fall does come to California. It is more like a whisper, that smell of wet brown leaves after it rains. So in those afternoons when I missed the old oak tree in the front yard of that gray-green house on Wellington Street, 3,000 or so miles northeast, I drive and drive until the sky is cotton candy and tangerine and the mountains rise up out of the valley soft like crumpled tissue paper. And somewhere in the California sunset, I can find the sharp crimson of leaves I collected on walks home from school. 25-some-odd years ago. First Sight I've never believed in love at first sight. In fact, the first boy I'm sure I ever loved had craggy skin and failed Spanish three times, but taught himself piano and guitar and had a voice that brought me to my knees. He would dance me around the room on his feet. It's a shame we were only children. Now he sits alone in a smoky room with his bottle and his lyrics and a pocket full of change, and I know I don't even know him. I once thought I loved an artist. 
He would leave behind New England summers for Santa Monica's purple sunsets at the drop of a hat and still make it back before the first leaf turned. But after he ran naked through Central Park, suddenly nothing left to chase. I last saw him in the back of a Barnes & Noble blank notebook, black cup of coffee. I once tried to love a writer. His precision with words left me no choice but to challenge his every thought. Back and forth we would spar. No one could keep up with him. Us. On pages we left our perfection. But there's no rest in a battle of wits. So weariness led me to lay my weapon down. Enter you. You sing, if you can call it singing, off-key at the top of your lungs. Can't appreciate beauty beyond the local bar. Don't have a way with words unless they're curses. And still... Two years on, I'm not quite sure what you are to me yet, but I find it impossible to forget the shirt you were wearing the first time I saw you. Do you know me? It's just the strangest thing. I've seen your face somewhere, and I think I might know you. Maybe I was sleepwalking the night we met, or maybe I have been ever since, but I was only sitting next to you and it felt like we were touching. Or maybe we were touching and it wasn't quite enough. But I knew you and I've known you and maybe it's all happened before. An early evening dream, a past life love affair. But we aren't lovers and I guess we never were. But I swear my fingers know and maybe even remember the feel of each imperfect line on your face body and it makes no sense but you are never and always mine and I think I might know you. Do you know me at all? I hope you. I hope you like dark red wine and the cranberry flavored La Croix and the second to last french fry. I hope you like comedy clubs and the hike to the Hollywood sign and the board game clue. I hope you like lame indie bands and the sound of a cocktail being shaken and the occasional musical. I hope you like waves and the sea glass washed up on the sand and the last light of day. I hope you like poetry and the New York Times crossword and the ending line of Great Gatsby. I hope you like silence and the side of the bed I don't sleep on and the space between words. I hope you hate alarm clocks and the smell of gasoline and the time it took me to find you. Kate McCarroll Moore served as the Poet Laureate for the city of San Ramon, California for three consecutive terms between 2012 and 2018. Her poetry chapbook, Avians of Mourning, was published in 2020, and a full collection, Alpha Poetica, a poetry primer for the everyday poet, was released in March 2022. Kate is also the author of two novels for children, Elanormal and New Girl, The Further Adventures of Elanormal. Before retiring from public education, she served as the Director of Curriculum and Instruction in the San Ramon Valley Unified School District. She currently teaches online writing courses and is a family literacy coach for the Christy Yamaguchi's Always Dream, a nonprofit organization that connects low-income families with access to high-quality books. Kate holds a Doctorate in Educational Leadership for Social Justice from CSUEB, and she continues to promote poetry as a tool of transformation and healing. I'm Kate McCarroll Moore, 
I'm the former poet laureate of the city of San Ramon, and the poems I'm about to read come from my book, Alpha Poetica, a poetry primer for the everyday poet. These poems come from the section Heritage, and together they form Trilogy, three linked poems. One, Changeling. The sea churns green below, and there are sheep along the runway. I imagine changelings here as we skid to a stop. No words, just the odd sensation of home in this place I've never been. Home, in the place they left, driven out by famine, propelled by hope, their blood runs through me and recognizes home. Home, in the morning I'll get up early, walk to the corner cafe, buy an Irish Times, order tea, and pretend to read the news, imagining this kind of life, imagining home. Home, you have the map of Ireland on your face, they said when I was growing up. I'll take you home again, Kathleen, my father sang. He sang, Tora, Laura, Laura. That's an Irish lullaby. Two, I'll take you home again, Kathleen. Walking the streets of Dublin, I see my grandfather everywhere. The shock of white hair and the prominent chin, the eyes that twinkle like a cliche. There he sits in Kennedy's and at the bus stop next to Oscar Wilde. He's the doorman in silk top hat and tails, opening the taxi door outside the Marian Arms. He's playing fiddle on the steps of St. Anne's. I am here in this place his father left, driven out by famine, the terrible hunger, propelled by hope, the great hunger. He came across the ocean, my grandfather's father, packed in steerage for a month with the dead and the dying so that my grandfather could be born and sit in his house drinking tea, spooning marmalade, giving life to my father who gave life to me so that I could make a one-day voyage in business class, watching movies, sharing a three-course meal, knowing nothing of sacrifice and suffering, still hungry, longing for home. Three, alone in the Dublin Writers Museum. Outside, a steady rain pounds on leaded windows in haunted Parnell Square, awakening the ghosts of Bean, Beckett, Swift, and Wild. I wander hallways in fading light, a specter moving slowly across splintered floors opening doors that creak and moan, revealing rare and ancient manuscripts gathering dust in dusty rooms, a trove of leathered, weathered artifacts left open and untouched. Silenced voices now released whirl from floor to ceiling, Dracula and sweet Molly Malone, alive, alive, oh, once again, swirling, rattling, crying out, the center cannot hold just me 
and all these ghosts. Marie-Anne Poudre is a connector. French-born, she has moved 23 times throughout her life, living in Africa, France, and England, before settling in the Bay Area in 2005 with her husband and three children. Marie-Anne was a French major at the University of Dijon in Burgundy, France. Currently in Dublin, California, she writes poems, plays, and a sci-fi novel. She also gives online French lessons. True or not true? That is the question. Whether it is better on our script to suffer the darts and bullets of the whiteness around us, or to take a dive into a cloud of troubles and by blending hide them? To ignore? To skip? No quant. And by a skip to say that we remove the color and the thousand natural hues that flesh his heritage. Tis a deceit, clearly not to be missed. To ignore, to skip, to skip. But chance to steal, aye, there's a rub. For in the skip or theft, what fame may come when we have published our manuscript must give us pause. There's the respect that shows the authenticity of true writers. For who would bear the whips and scorns of rejections? The reader's tongue, the critic's contumely, the pang of despised advocacy, the law's delay, the insolence of celebs, and the spurns that patient merit of the publishers takes, when she herself might shoot to fame with a mere copy? Who would fathers bear to write with truth in mind? But that the dread of something after theft, the thought of outraged people from whose stolen treasures no pride will come, freezes our quill and makes us rather bear those heels we have than steal colors we know not of. Thus, conscience does make heroes of us all. And thus the pale hue of depredation is sickled o'er with the dark cast of thought that the fate of fraud writers with great ledgers in the black is for their glory to fade away and tarnish their name as authors. Hope. Back from a land where poppies grow purple. Back from that place where wars are never won. The soldier walks home when her eyes stumble over small flowers redder than the sun. Like friends from her past cheering her return, fragile puppies lift their heads one by one. Her hands reaches out to touch a blossom, but drops as it brushes against a gun. Frail and glorious, the cups won't bow down to the power of powder and weapon. Thou, the soldier, stands erect and forlorn, brimming. They lift up hope in her hometown. All is not lost. Take our seeds for you to sow. Heal and write your war till your red poppies grow. Thirteen stripes. 
your little horse to call me this morning to tell your story, zebra, zebra in pajamas. Tell me about the savannas. Zebra, zebra running fast down the grassy vale's dead ends. What armorial beast or man has spooked your peaceful herd of friends? Sleepy leopards, perching aloft, opened their eyes, but missed your rump. Whiskers of her clothes, they fell soft, snarling at the speeding chump. What amoral beast or man has spooked your peaceful herd of friends? Zebra, zebra stopping at last to graze around the veil's dead ends. Feeling lions stalking their prey, hiding under the canopy, head wind blowing their scent away, draw close. And you grace lap happy? Fancy, trendy in savannah zebra? Zebra, you silly horse. Aren't you a little too horse to tell stories in pajamas? Snap, a twig breaks. Fuzzy ears twitched. Two swift lionesses pounced on your black stripes. <sighs> Miss by an inch. Fast, you saved your skin this once. My cunning horse, who pranced, of course, zebra, Zebra in pajamas, fastest reflex in savannas. Survival was your thriving force. Stung by horseflies, the wildebeest reeled away from the waterhole. Your stripes were your shield at nightfall. Bite free, you always drank in peace. Zebra, zebra in pajamas. You lucky horse, all oh, you pranced, of course. Fancy, trendy in savannas. Wild man's style. No silk, all coarse. Are there more black in your white stripes or are there more white stripes than black? Striking smart horse dressed in pinstripes, smooth, you blur the lines of leaves and bark. Bleached and tall, the grass blades hit you. Jeeps and men with guns roamed near, stood still as their dangerous crew killed. The zebra disappeared. Zebra, zebra, you lonely horse behind zoo bars. You cry, of course. Zebra, zebra, you miss the plains where warm wind brush, black and white mane. Ida Marie Beck is a scientist with a poet's heart. A native of Denmark, trained in quantum chemistry, she lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. Her poetry has recently appeared in the California Quarterly and Halfway Down the Stairs. Istanbul, Haibon. Inside the deathless domes of Aya Sophia lives a little cat. Softness against stone. Outside, we lunch on bagel-like simmets with sesame seeds and salep-thickened ice cream that holds its shape while melting. Back at our room, the maid has left a snack. Turkish delights skewered by toothpicks, topped with tiny blue beads bearing eyes that ward off evil. At night, the hookah bubbles. We scribble smoke signals in the air. In the tempest's eye, a fleet of moonflower sails, whirling dervishes. Kilims, T-sets, gold-embroidered Morris shoes fill our suitcase. A silver sliver heralds Ramadan. By evening, families gather near the blue mosque, 
spreading feasts on picnic tables. In the waning light they sit there, just sit, beneath lofty minarets strong with lights, a giant necklace in the sky. Right at sunset the muezzin calls, then they dig in. So many disparate lives synchronized in iftar. The pale of the moon in the sky's inverted well will fill, fill again. Weeds in Eden Dandelion, you damned yellow composite, you crasher of garden parties, squatting in tidy lawns, presuming to smile at us with your egg yolk face. Spineless, yet a thorn in the side of persnickety gods who banish you with a flick of the scythe. You outlaw of flowers, exiled to the compost pile, a life of mulch. Abundant, unassuming, tolerant, a weed. But even I cannot resist your day-bloomer mean, your try-and-try-again verve. Your glossy whole-milk sap stains my palms when I weave you into a golden crown and feed your toothy leaves to earth-bound beings. Your sun will set, your moon will rise, diaphanous, white and full. Your copter seeds will fly the nest on my breath when I close my eyes and wish that we may float away beyond the gate, land in friendly soil. I am no Einstein. I am no Einstein, and neither was he, but when he asked his questions, he had the ear of God, and God let him in on a secret. Yet when I probe the universe, God does not appear to be listening. Still, when I cock my ear like the foraging blackbird, I hear a gentle voice, neither creed nor formula, merely the humble song of the great in the small. And just this morning the golden crocus lit the snowy ground. Quantum birds. It lies beneath. You get to it by digging to the drumroll of hummingbird wings. I sought it deep in the quantum realm, the wave function, the answers, to the galaxy of starling murmurations, to the kutuku in that faraway lagoon, an apparition in nebulous plumage from the spirit land. That elusive oracle tells all the truth, but slant, meets out mere probabilities to even the most meticulous mind, entangles me in the duality of defeat and awe. But a bird is greater than the sum of its parts, the bluebird that fashions his cloak from a piece of sky, the green heron stealing a ray of sun to iridesce between the reeds. In the quantum world, a bird may be alive and dead. There is no certainty. When you cage one truth, the others fly. Still, the sandhill cranes will alight on the river basin and start to dance. Tho Nguyen is a Vietnamese-American writer and a rising senior in the Bay Area. Her work has appeared in Collapsia Literary Review, Cathartic Literary Magazine, and The Bitter Fruit Review. She admires the words of Ocean Vyong and Stephanie Chang, and is always on the lookout for new authors to binge read. In her spare time, Tho can be found in a room, typing a poem in dim lamplight, listening to artists she forgets the names of too easily, or staring at the night sky, 
breathing in all of what surrounds us. Alien, from the Latin word alienus, belonging to another, not one's own, foreign, strange. It belongs, but not here, there, not to me, them. Think, a kid sitting alone, no friends to laugh, smile, poke, empty space, the punchline to this audienceless joke. We call him alienated, belonging to no one here, not the lunchtime clicks, the jocks, gamers, geeks, not the cafeteria ladies who burn lasagna each week, but someone, something, somewhere. He belongs to the other, another, some other place we could not possibly see. The stars, skies, seas, something bigger than we could ever believe, and we would never believe until we made it ours. The way scientists photographed the sky in shades of light beyond the human eye. How the James Webb captured a galaxy beyond what we had hoped. Flashes of blue, orange, yellow exposed with a single telescope. In the red dust, there are fragments of burning ice, Swiss-cheesed asteroids, and pockets of stars. Would we have believed it all if we hadn't gone that far? Humans itch for information, knowledge, control. We break the laws we were born with when following the ones we live with to test the waters, tease the tiger's maw, unabashedly, irrevocably, just to make something ours. And so we categorize our aliens, check the file folders by planet, country, race, by the jeans they wear and the makeup on their face. And tell me again how we do it? Stamp labels on people, the jocks, gamers, geeks, the 11 million people who might be deported next week. Unauthorized, undocumented, illegal. We take their sons and their daughters and detain them in ICE. When they ask for a blanket and a phone call, a hand and some help, they are the ones ungrateful, weak. So I address this poem to the aliens, those who belong to the other. To the woman waiting from letters from home because home is a lifetime away. To the kid left alone at lunch waiting for the trees to lift him up above it all. For the trillions of stars punctuating the universe past anything we could ever see. Break yourself down into atoms. Untouchable, round, past countries and continents, borders and bounds. All you ever really belong to is yourself. And now I will be reading over and over and over. Again, we are the last ones reaching for this cotton candy sky. Pinks and blues, sweet and soft like taffy on our tongues. We watch the colors bloom and flower, the warmth of a mother's arms. And for now, we are sacred, untouchable. We watch the world from a world away. Earth, a newborn playing with its trees and clouds and rivers, waves of red and yellow on the soft purple sand, flowers, stars of orange and white. And we wait, we wait in reverence for these things to extinguish, the colors to cool and harden, the last dark robbing this land of light. And in the meantime, life unfolds memories, nesting dolls, one after the other after the other. A summer of treehouses and trampolines, thumb splinters and tie-dye, hula hoops, iridescent as we learned how to birth our own orbits. 
A year of football games and fundraisers, pigskin and pep rallies chalked in purple and gold, all the shouting and screaming and cheering teaching us to live without fearing our shadows. And today, the last day on earth teaching us we can be anything, our arms a pair of ampersands, no ending or beginning in sight, only this long waiting and the promise that you'll meet me in the middle. I'll still remember you, this second, this minute, and this day, and the next, and the next, and the next. Life is just a series of ands, unimaginable infinity linking one after the other after the other. Something will happen and then something else, and then the sky will fade into nothing and we will be the last footstep on the sand, the one waiting for redemption. When the tide sweeps our bodies away, I only hope our hearts remain. Sarah Abbott is a poet who has lived in the Bay Area her whole life and is getting started sharing her poems in public. Speak of the sunrise. Shall we speak of the sunrise? Tipping over the hill, leaking gold rivers, shadows now aflame at the edge of nightfall. Or shall we stare in slow silence at the darkness around us, lapping at our feet, rolling away back to the sea, the ocean of stars up above? The silver notes of silence. Oh, the silver notes of silence, which ringing amongst the columns, echoing in paltry bedrooms, sinking their quiet tune, humming their ancient melody, settling into bone marrow, to our aid or to our ill. The song sung without singing, the chorus from a soundless choir, shattered with the first breath drawn. The unending course. In spaces unknown, the hidden edges, rivers course their unending way, sun-kissed mysterious paths, yet known, knowable, and familiar. As opening the door to the inward home, the living room where other souls are received into those private locked rooms or wherever else a sacred soul dwells. Yet we are called out of comfort into the great outdoor adventures, the cool flowing water rushing, gliding like silk around and past us, into treacherous eddies and waterfalls, the course terrifying and awful, yet inexorable in its attentions, delivering us at last to rarefied air, cliffs we would never have dared climb, and still the river calls us ever onward, higher ever to unfathomable heights. Hidden Fountain in the wooded depths, the hidden fountain rose. Into the air, its waters leapt, shining droplets never in repose. Up from the spring with a splash, each majestic bead glinting. How the merry dancers crash, the sun with rainbows tinting. Once I think of it. Once I think of it, I can remember kindness. That rare little rose so often surrounded by thistles. Once I think of it, I can remember forgiveness, and that my own puzzle is missing key pieces. Once I think of it, I can remember hope, singing to me from the tree, whispering in the wind. Once I think of it, I can remember faith, the invisible dance our very atoms rely on. Once I think of it, 
I can remember love, the quiet, crackling hearth that has raised nations. Once I think of it, I can remember words, the music of the pen as I find the right note. Once I think of it, I can remember goodness and the shade of a tree on a hot summer's day. Once I think of it, I can remember everything that the stars sing as we all pass by. Once I think of it, once I thought of it. Opinions. By all means, intimidate me by your opinions. But I have withstood all the king tides and all the king mansplainers of opinions thrown at me. Uneducated and uninteresting, the constant unending drone of non-stop complaining, and that didn't stop me either. Inner symphonies. Let the inner symphonies play on, harmonious melodies entwining, strands of music cavorting, golden notes of purpose, the truth, the beauty, the life, all the best of ourselves, a deeper, more mysterious magic, reverberating and echoing in chorus, enriching the sweet air. Let us seek to act in concert, the joyful choir's flag unfurled. Play every quaver and rest to the full host of humanity or to the audience of yourself. The life stage its natural habitat for every living note's worth. And the last one, when the hour comes, when the hour comes, I will burn through my tissue skin like the inferno of the hills rips apart forests and fields. When the hour comes, I will be a living calm, an ancient sea turtle basking on his rock. When the hour comes, I will be changed every atom, yet so very much myself that even strangers will know me. Carissa Maddox loves going to old bookstores and bringing home as many books as she can, as if they were rescue puppies. She spends her time teaching kids and adults everything she can about poetry, literature, and comics, as well as reading and writing. She lives in Chico, California. Overthink. I fear the pull of the rope toward the hole in my brain that leads to overthinking. Falling through nothingness, I am caught in the darkness while being struck to the point of passing out by intrusive thoughts. Thoughts that tell me I am not good enough, that what I have noticed is true, that the subtle change of behavior is the start to the end, that I do not deserve love, happiness, care. These thoughts are zombified, continually pushing through the mound of dirt I have piled into the grave to torment me. Hyperventilating as tears blur my impaired vision, I know no distraction will save my fragile state of mind. I cannot hide from the building ball of flesh and chaos each time I end up in a fun house of mirrors, running into myself, seeing the dark creep at the corner of each multiplied image, maniacally laughing at the frantic heartbeat in my chest. Yet you find a way to stop the psychotic cycle in its tracks, as if all the plugs at the carnival have been pulled, and I can breathe once more with a single syllable. The inevitability that I will be sucked back into the rabbit hole of unorganized voices is always simmering on the back burner, reminding me that one little spark will burn me to the ground. Discovering Death 
Inside the catacombs of death and darkness are volumes of letters that make up what's buried in the walls. I carry the heavy bricks and stagnant water in my chest, the air from my lungs calling forth macabre melodic measures, one note at a time, as if the broken fingernails in each tomb are plucking the strings of my heart, demanding I listen. The eerie invocation stirs in me memories I long sealed in silk and glossy stained mahogany. The sound of bone crunching into dust echoes off the walls. Instinct tells me to run, to leave dead things lie, yet reanimated ligaments and fiber haunt the recesses of my existence. I must stand in front of Hades each time the smell of copper seeps into my nostrils and take responsibility for my part in the carnage neatly packed in the holes of this abandoned sanctuary. Overthink again. Sitting with the silence, thick thinking over analyzing minute details of the past few days, I find myself overthinking again. Why do I continually allow self-sabotage to slink its way into consciousness? Actively, out loud for my ears in the universe to hear, I say, stop. Yeah, the train has lost its brakes and will end up breaking against the wall, breaking bone but not breaking thought as thoughts spread through the cracks, making sure to fill every inch of space with memories and anxiety. How many times must I mismanage the multitude of tracks for the delicate synapses in my brain and allow them to spark out of control and flood my body with emergency messages that send me into overdrive? Remember the dead. Maybe one day I will dig you all up, carefully pull out each individual bone and place you carefully on the walls of this tomb with adoration on display for all to see. The things you did to me, long forgotten by your bones, as your soft tissues and memories ooze into the ground, only damned souls there to catch your fluids in hopes of hydration from hell's dry heat. The hands plastering you in place remember your swiftness, your cutting words, the atrocities you brought on them. This macabre mosaic, a symbol to my future self that dead men cannot conquer, the healed flesh and muscle of the living they left for maggots and beetles. Your name will be discarded with the broken wood and soiled satin, but your weathered femurs and empty eye sockets will be a reminder that you are nothing but fragile bits of matter and hollow cavities. Rowena is a newer poet and loves to share her work with anyone who's interested to listen. When not writing poetry, you can find her reading, sewing, or watching one of her favorite shows. Hi, I'm Rowena. My first piece is Artist's Soul. That colored flame is an artist's soul, burning with desire, unrelenting in control and outrageous fire consuming everything within until we've let it out. That colored flame is an artist's soul, and an artist's soul will out. My next piece is Shadows. 
Grasses and trees, with their proud outstretched leaves, loftily swaying about in the breeze. So much to explore outside our doors. Things dancing in daylight go often ignored. All through the day, and even at night, shadows are waltzing, led by the light, flitting round corners and darting to leaves, brushing by bushes and skirting round trees. Shadows stay with us wherever we are. They stick to our shoes. They outline the stars. Shadows bring depth, complementing the light. Where it makes some bereft, it gives me delight. My next piece is Collector. I'm a collector, a collector of thought. They add to the world where I like to be lost. Lost without seeking, and so am not found. Lost for a time, inside my own mind, absently trailing away from the grind. I wander the paths that wend through my thoughts, a jungle of words in the past I have sought. Some I've forgotten, too deep to retrieve, so I climb to the canopies where I can breathe. If I spent whole days getting lost in my space, who knows what discoveries await my embrace? Planting a seed new knowledge is sown, so I leave it right here for my forest to hone. I'm lost in the words as I saunter along, then all of the words in my head turn to song. Flowering poetry, a bloom on the vine, bursting with tropical colors divine. It's my Jumanji I come to explore, an escape from the everyday chore I abhor. My next piece is The Bird. I chased the bird that made me laugh, but then it flew away, and I found in my pursuit of it nothing but dismay. Such cheery plume and bright of song, how could I resist? A child's wonderment and joy, inspired by happiness. All I wanted was to play, and I couldn't understand why that bird would fly away instead of landing in my hand. Well, now I sit inside my cloud, silent as the sky, looking for an answer, but getting no reply. Then in my earnest solitude, as my thoughts meander on, I smile at the memory, reminiscent of the song. Then as I lay out in the sun, humming my own tune, a flash of color flutters by with its familiar plume. My next piece is Heavy Metal. The heart must be a heavy metal. Why else would it weigh me down so? Heavy limbs, heavy eyes, even small corners fail to rise. The heart must be a heavy metal. Something sturdy to hold such precious jewels as love, yet so brittle as to break and let it spill. Still, the heart must be a heavy metal for I cannot lift it alone. Sitting heavy, beating, yet prone. And finally, well of strength. Have you been to the well of strength? 
Did you take a drink? It may take a while to find, for it's located on the brink. On the brink of infamy? On the brink of sorrow? On the brink of greatness? Or on the brink of tomorrow? All it takes is just a sip to notice something keen. People often feel compelled to fill up their canteen. Trivial, though, this action be for a sip can fill a cup. To drink until it's empty is far more than enough. The journey to the well of strength spans for many miles. A complicated path, equipped with many trials. Though the many miles it brings makes it worth the journeying, so that when you finally reach the brink, you find a cool, refreshing drink. Thank you. Inga Sorensen is a poet and short story writer based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Her subjects explore themes of loss, mythology, joy, memory, and adventures. Her pieces have been featured in the Villa Swings Poetry Podcast, the Humans of the World blog, and the Poets' Choice Autumn Anthology. Accolade to Nameless Station. Air from terror rising, quivering in the mounds. Rocks rumble beneath earth, Amlin's feet. Wind blares down on all of us. Nature plays tambourines, touching each of our ears. Terrain mother drums her hands down on the planet's crest. Man-made iron rails roll their human cargo through scenic landscapes. Men, in their fibbing imaginations, believe that they overcome the mountains, rocks, and horns. Sights behold, and sights lost in time. A world without flesh arrives with urbanization. Voices born and silence through oppression. Mothers can't pay for milk. Feet dump on the aggregate, pasted over the once fertile ground. Steps on the concrete of our grandparents. Skyscrapers block out the open sky. They lowered over the side of homes, lost to the next generations. Parks become sinkholes in the modern age. Beats from the boom boxes of youth converting themselves into car radios. Words walk by, but they're unheard by invisible bodies. Gibberish blends in the air, whispering echoes of past lives. Lost within the smog, the sun sets on the densely driven divides. In the clouds. Tearing apart the fabric in the sky, a flying sea urchin arrived. Icicles budded above every tree. Whirling sugar took an impasto performance, sprinting as do sound waves with embracement woven into their blood, descending from war. The colors of creativity and depression struck earth like splashes of Jackson Pollock picture. Pink drizzle awoke the spinal cords of giant cats, stretching their backs and claws. They ran into the last corner of the ocean's azar. Leaves on the redwoods, pines and oaks bowed their crowns to the sight. Ascending in the heavens, the eldest mean of Egypt swerved over the mountaintops, beaming across in swells. Suddenly, the world remembered a long-forgotten secret. Ray was among the planet's most beautiful names. Neighboring birds took flight over every body of water. The faster they traveled, the more they defied death, the sun sought every lotus it could see in the day, linking them together with unspoken vows and the ripples of an arising shower. Each bead stole mind and eyes. Smoke and clouds. Water, wind, oxygen, height, 
come and meet every fortnight, arriving at dawn, de-escalating towers in the eve. For who did the clouds speak to? Do they shake hands when the male eagles rip through their wet flesh, is turbulence their tide and hyperactive handshake? Are they smiling at kids who believe they hold pillow feathers and cotton candy? Do they show favoritism for those who pray? Below them, a eucalyptus tree sings foreshadowing songs of death. A fire rages across the shriveled and decayed. What is left of the air that strangles us on the ground? Is smoke a chokehold when it finally touches the clouds? Crossing pathways, do they stay a mess in the making? Reminiscent of champagne laced with beer. I imagine that they were once friends, evoking the faraway companion who visits once a year. Now smoke is estranged. Every step is a trespass. Time gives the clouds wisdom. They act upon their age. Is jealousy what brings the intruding smoke? The clouds create imagination, inspiration, and appreciation for winter. Smoke is furious. Flames master ceremonies, taking aim at the respiratory unblessed. Clouds are the air's yang, and smoke has come to be their yin. Olympus lost. The skies once so proud that mirrored the ocean blue, now coated with hazy orange fumes, a settled step in the purgatory, passing us by. Apollo's chariot has flown. Ashes bop beneath the unforgiving ambience, the drowsy haze of a drunk bewitches one's wit. Nature, blurry and blended, morning has refused to arrive. Our trees leave tears beneath their roots, blackened by the loss of the sun. Love has left limbo leans, unearthed by God's means. Outside, cherry blossom rain, a gift from the wind. Ceiling sky, the Milky Way lights project upon the ceiling, seen in my bedroom. Rain puddle, beneath tiny feet, water rockets blasting off, landing on concrete. Ilya Thomas, also known as Black Latina Lyrics, is a poet and spoken word artist since the age of 14 and a proud mother of a second grader. She has performed for Youth Speaks and throughout the Bay Area at many open mics, has a passion for writing poetry, and is currently working on writing short stories. She loves nature as it gives her inspiration to write about her Christian faith. She also enjoys writing about her African ancestry and is a firm believer that one should know where you came from so you know where you're going. Her name is Ilya, but she goes by the stage name Black Latina Lyrics. This poem is entitled, Sometimes I Feel Like Queen Esther. Sometimes I feel like Eve, so naive having been tricked by a serpent of a man. I hid my shame behind a bush, behind food and being treated like dust in a dustpan. Is this demise well deserved? Will we ever break free from this curse? For dust we are and dust we shall return? How I long for greener pastures and a time when we spoke to Mother Earth. Sometimes I feel like Hagar, a woman with a child in a destitute land, stuck between wanting to see my child live but not knowing how I can or if the seed will even succeed. 
So I sat by shaded trees in spring water. I cried tears like a motherless daughter far away from home. When all of a sudden an angel spoke and said, The Almighty has heard your affliction. For out of this womb you will birth one, and from that seed a legacy of many. Sometimes I feel like Queen Esther, for I was born for such a time like this, a woman of beauty, not used to seduce, finesse, or belittle a man's masculinity, but to remove the veil from his drunken eyes to speak against the evils of the enemy, to rise a people trodden down by captivity. So I decree, a decree, a fast, to rid the body of fear, for a hedge of protection will draw near. For wearing the crown of courage is my career. Sometimes I feel like the Shulamite maiden, I want to be his lily in a field of thorns. I want to be the one he adores, even though my skin is black as the tents of Kadar and my hair as wool like the sheep of his flock. He smiles at how my skin looks sun-kissed during the day. My love, my heart, between two gazelles do you lay your head in between. I am your lover, your garden of drip nectar. My scent guides you to secret gardens of fountains flowing streams of cinnamon water. May I always be desired by my groom, my life-long partner. Sometimes I feel like her. I feel like him. I feel like them. Sometimes... Just sometimes I am the hidden verse of the scripture. Sometimes I cry in pain and anguish from being an empath. Sometimes I laugh at what the enemy meant for evil God made for my breakthrough. Sometimes there were times I have walked in your shoes. For I am me. And sometimes I have felt like you. Sterling Nguyen is a student of African proverbs and Japanese philosophy with a heart for love poetry. He writes in an attempt to understand what love truly is. Symposium. Upon seeing my reflection in the glass wall after she broke my heart. Statistically speaking, we'll end up with the wrong person, isn't it? Men is impulsive to choosing Women is impulsive to return. Opportunities come once or twice or come at the wrong time. Meanwhile, all of this evolution keeping us apart. So why should any of us even try? Then I realize, oh, no, 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 no. I realize, I realize I'm not single. I'm in love with myself. You put me in the friend zone? Worst mistake of your life. I love it there. I'm thinking of moving there one day. Why? Because true love is friendship set on fire. Thank God you didn't choose me, or I would be one of your bad choices. So let what I'm about to say be a message in the bottle for the girl who's out there somewhere actually looking for me right now. In Greek myth, 
A soulmate is half man, half woman, separated at birth, cursed to spend their lives looking for each other. I found my best parents. I found my best friends. I found my best career, and I found my best artists. They do exist, so I know you do too. There you are. Run away with me, out of the forest of the past. I'm not very handsome, or rich, or have a six abs. All I have is a stable job and this heart. I cannot buy you diamonds, but I can turn you into songs. So let me be your amazing broke boyfriend. I see in and out on a bench in a park with you. I see lavender fields to dark caverns on a weekend with you. Who said anything about money? If I only ever learned one thing from love, it would be, it doesn't take a lot to make someone feel special. Next thing we know, we will have seen each other's faces for three thousand six hundred and fifty days straight. The world will run out of things for us to do, and nothing about our past is new anymore. Then, I have no other choice. I'll kill this love. So when the teenagers tell your story by the bonfire, your name will always end with mine. Okay, okay, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Babe, where you going? Babe, babe. Hey, hey, hey. I promise. I promise. I'll love you for at least twenty-five years, even when the honeymoon has waned or the butterflies have died. But I don't like those metaphors. Our love will be a piece of metal. For our bond is stronger than time can break, and metal is strongest when it has settled. That's why they call it a silver anniversary. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're still a long way from true love, and all good things have to be built. So, lady, wherever you are right now, I really need you to pick up the pace. This series can use a female lead. Baby, when you find this message. Out on a lonely night after a bad day, just know I'm your man. The Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast is written and produced by James Moorhead. You can follow me on Twitter at Dublin Ranch. Subscribe to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast and follow us on ViewlessWings.com. Or on Instagram at Fuelless Wings.